Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we discuss the signs and tactics of circular conversations. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and today we are going to be talking about circular conversations. But before we get into that, if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. There, you can read all of our instructions and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. Or fill out our guest form and press the submit button and please do send it in the format that we ask for. So today we are going to discuss circular conversations and for the second half of the show we are just going to go through a circular conversation that was provided to us by a listener of the show And so many people are going through conversations like this, which are maddening conversations. They're confusing conversations. They're used as a form of control. And you just kind of find yourself chasing this tale that will never end until the other person, the abuser, the narcissistic abuser, wants it to end. So this episode is to help you recognize that this is what is going on and the reasons why the narcissistic abuser is doing such things. So what is a circular conversation? So these types of conversations are not meant to find understanding or compromise. And they're another form of manipulation. They're all about control over the other person's beliefs or ideas, emotional responses, or access to information. Uh, They are used to evade accountability, which enables a narcissistic abuser to nullify the threat that you are posing to their control. And this is usually because you are trying to pin accountability on the narcissistic abuser for something. So circular conversations exist to go round and around and around in circles, just as it is described. And it covers the same ground, it repeats the same points, it goes over the same matters, and it just gets nowhere. And it is 
just frustrating to be in them. It takes a little bit of time to understand kind of what's going on. Uh, and it is it's really maddening when you're when you're in it and it's just also just very confusing and these conversations will involve denial deflection blame shifting projection gaslighting stonewalling can be in there sympathy ploys pl- or like playing the victim it goes on inside these conversations changing the subject a lot keeping the victim on the defensive end of things and and there's just so many more that can be added to this list but these are the things that are are going on that's causing this uh confusion and these conversations are just all about control and through these circular conversational tactics that narcissistic abusers use which we will go over in, in a minute, they manage to convince you that you are the problem and they really do their best to try to deprive you of your voice. These interactions are designed to distract you. They're designed to punish you. They're designed to demean you until you give up. And what they really want is for you to accept their reality and they use this circular conversation and all of these methods uh, or these tactics inside of this circular conversation to achieve that goal. And the, and the combination of all of these things is, is how they do it. And it's this emotionally abusive method. People have described these conversations as hellish, uh, dizzying, and just kind of being trapped or feeling trapped that you're in this conversation and that there's no way of of getting out. And even though you might not even be in their presence, you could be doing this by text. You find it very difficult to leave these conversations and nothing you say will change the course of the conversation. Nothing you say will turn it into a positive direction. And the narcissistic abuser will turn everything just around and spinning forever. And they'll just kind of keep it going and going and going. There's no positivity going on. It's only negativity that is happening. And in these conversations, you'll also find that you are defending yourself. You're defending everything you have ever done, everything that you have ever said, everything that you have ever thought. There is no give and take here. Occasionally it might seem that way, but they're doing like a a persona switch. And we'll talk about that uh, in a second. Staying relaxed is almost impossible in these conversations. You know, it's hard enough to stay the course on what you want to talk about while they're trying to change everything. And you're going to hear a conversation uh, that I'm going to read out to everyone from someone who sent uh, their conversation into us, and you'll see how well they actually stood their ground. It was pretty impressive while all this craziness is going on because, you know, the topic keeps on changing, things keep on moving pretty quickly. One second you're talking about one thing, another second you're talking about something else. You might be addressing the subject at one point, and then it's now focused on you. It just keeps on moving. And once it's on you, there could be a rabbit hole that it continues to go down until they're done or they're satisfied. So why does a narcissistic abuser do this? So according to H.G. Tudor, who we've had 
uh, on our show, I think three years ago. We'll leave that episode if anyone wants to listen to it uh, when he's describing uh, narcissistic abusers. I'll leave that in, in the show links for everyone. Um, but what H.G. Tudor says is that narcissistic abusers have no interest in coming to a resolution that benefits both people because, number one, it would be giving up superiority and control to admit a wrong. So number two, they can't openly admit that their cruel behavior was executed without any thoughts about how it would hurt us or even if that was intentionally done to hurt us because it doesn't benefit them to show us their remorselessness. And number three, they gain narcissistic supply or what H.G. Tudor calls fuel from a victim's confusion and pain. So what are signs and tactics of a circular conversation? So one of the signs is that you will find yourself teaching the narcissistic abuser about basic communication skills and human emotions. So you're actually trying to teach them how to talk to you nicely during this, these conversations. And you'll hear a lot in these conversations of people saying, hey, uh, don't talk to me like that. That's not the way you're supposed to talk to me. That's rude. Uh, you're being condescending towards me. These things might actually be said because they are not treating you with any sort of uh, respect during these conversations. Uh, number two on this list, as far as signs, you find yourself thinking, if I could just find the right words, then this narcissistic abuser will stop treating me this way. Or you might start thinking that, you know, if you find the right words, that will help them understand Oh, what they are doing is hurting you and that they might stop doing what they are doing. The narcissistic abuser in these situations is making everything really confusing and they might do misinterpretations of what you're saying on purpose, which then kind of has you thinking in this manner, like, oh, maybe I misworded things. I have to kind of fix this. If I can say it this way, maybe they'll understand things. But what's not understood is that they're playing this game and they're doing it on purpose to keep you in this conversation. And, and they're really thriving off of, of this confusion and you trying to do that or thinking that. So number three on the list is that conversations uh, will be combative and they're just very difficult conversations to have. You know, you might be thinking to yourself, I don't know how to have a normal conversation with this person. Everything is, is, is difficult. Arguing uh, might be going on. Just the manner in which you are being talked to is, is just very aggressive. Another sign that you could be in a circular conversation is that there's no resolution in these conversations. You know, that is a tactic of theirs as well. Most people will have conversations when it is a normal conversation where you want everyone to feel heard and you want people to feel seen and that each party, you know, will feel sorry for the pain that they have caused. There's compassion involved in those conversations. But in a circular conversation, a real big sign is that there isn't this kind of compassion, that there isn't a meeting in the middle. There is no resolution that is going on. You know, if there is no resolution, that is a, a real big sign that you're in a circular conversation. And just a circular conversation itself, this is also, you know, it's a, it's a sign slash tactic that is going on. 
the next one on our list is when they do the old topic switch. And this is a sign that you're in a circular conversation. There's also a tactic that is used. So if you were talking about that they don't help out around the house and that becomes a real focus of the conversation, they will most likely at one point do a switch type of uh, topic conversation, usually attacking you somehow in a way where they might play a victim, but you might be the reason why they are the victim to this thing of something that you might have done to them a long time ago. And all of a sudden, the topic is not on the original topic, which you wanted to discuss, which was their lack of contribution to the home. And all of a sudden, it's about something that you did to them and how they're feeling bad and, you know, all of the feelings that that has caused. And all of a sudden, the topic has been switched. So this is uh, number five on our list, which is the old switcheroo. Another sign that you were in a circular conversation is really plain and simple, self-explanatory, that you, when you walk away from the conversation, you think to yourself, what just happened? You know, it's dizzying. You might feel that you were spinning and you might have zero energy left and you went in with this goal to talk about this thing, to come to a, a resolution about it. You know, as, as we stated before, it could be about the housework and you leave that with nothing accomplished at all. And you can go over this conversation over and over and over and over about what actually transpired in it because you're just thinking like, what happened? How did we get here? And you're just kind of discombobulated. And and that's a, a really big sign that you were just in a circular conversation. So those were some signs of a circular conversation. And here are some tactics that are very common that you might hear. So a tactic that is in a circular conversation is bringing up your past wrongdoings and ignoring their own. So if you mention any of their bad behavior, they will bring up something you have done to distract you and put you on the defensive in these circular conversations. And it may or not even be relevant at all to the conversation. And this is just a form of distraction during this conversation. And another tactic in the circular conversation is condescending and patronizing tone or patronizing words if you're doing things in in text. And they will stay calm. The narcissistic abuser might be calm, very calm during these conversations. And when this tone comes out, this tone comes out during these circular conversations, things can really start to, you know, devolve when this tone starts to show. And, you know, you might be expressing like how you feel and then this tone comes out or these words come out in this condescending and patronizing tone about how hard you must have had it. Something like that might be said where it's really patronizing and condescending and really invokes a huge reaction out of you and you don't want to react out because then that will give them something to feed on and and throw back at you. But this is really done to like provoke a reaction out of you. 
and to minimize whatever your argument as well might be as they don't see you as as an equal. And it's done as a way to deflect the responsibility to keep this conversation going, you know, so you can start going down a whole other road that, you know, this conversation didn't start at. So this, you know, if you start to get on the patronizing, it can then start to uh, be ping pong back. And all of a sudden you're going down a rabbit hole and you're nowhere near where these, this conversation started. Another tactic that is used in circular conversation by a narcissistic abuser is accusing you of doing things that they themselves are doing. So this is projection. And when we get to this point of the conversation, they're projecting their bad behavior onto you. And you just might start trying to defend yourself. And suddenly, you know, it's not on them anymore. And now the spotlight is on uh, you and what's going on on your side. And we're far away from the original topic. And this is also going to continue going down uh, the rabbit hole is now the conversation. They're in control of it. They're in control of everything. And they're being, they're feeding off of all of this. And another tactic that you might hear in a circular conversation is changing personas or multiple personas. And you might be hearing someone who could be insulting or condescending. And then you might hear someone who is a victim in the conversation. Or you might have someone who's trying to play up on a tenderness of a situation, try to make you remember like a good time here or there, how great things once were. You know, you might be getting a lot of these things. You might even be getting someone at a specific point who sounds like they might try to meet you on an even playing field. It could be very brief. And these tactics are used or shifting tactics because they might not be getting what they want from you at a certain point. You're not going to be agreeing to what they want. So they're trying to figure out what tactic is going to be the best use. So they keep on switching to see if they can get you to agree what they want you to agree with, or they're just going to be doing it to kind of create uh, more anger possibly from your side because that's going to fuel um, the circular conversation to go a little bit deeper, and that could give them the the fuel or supply that they need that kind of drives them in a lot of cases. So another tactic that is used is 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 victim playing, and we just mentioned victim playing uh, just a second ago. But a lot of the time in these conversations, victim playing is going on. Uh, they are trying to get you to possibly empathize with them in one way if they're playing the victim, but they're also using it as a way to make you out to be a bad person. There's multiple uses of victim playing in circular conversations to get what they want. And, you know, all these things are excuses and they're just kind of trying to figure out different excuses or their blame shifting, I think is the best word uh, in circular conversations. It's a big tactic in circular conversations, the gaslighting that, that goes on. You know, they're constantly trying to uh, shift the blame away from uh, them or something that they've done to make this circular conversation go a little bit further uh, to try and get what they need from you. And they'll just kind of start flipping these things around and victim playing excuses blame shifting gaslighting are a huge part of that 
So now I'm going to read a circular conversation. It's a longer circular conversation that was sent in by a friend of the show. And a big thank you to them. This is a really interesting conversation because this person is, uh, the victim here, is pointing out how they want to avoid a circular conversation like they uh, are used to having. and, And they've been able to recognize those things at this point. And... It's a really interesting conversation. So here is the backstory to uh, this conversation as to what had transpired before this conversation began. So this conversation takes place. This is before the abuser leaves to go to California for the second time. In the lead up to this, the abuser asked the victim via text if they would be willing to try discussing things with a therapist again. Uh, The abuser had just returned from California and had begun harassing the victim again, saying the victim had destroyed the family and their life and was a mess because of it. The victim really did not want to do therapy with the narcissistic abuser again because they knew it would just be dragging them into all these things that happened over the course of their relationship and that they were just going to blame the victim for everything that happened. But the victim had told the abuser that they would think about it because at this point, the victim was scared of the narcissistic abuser and felt like saying no would trigger the abuser. So after like that conversation, they then have several in-person conversations and the abuser would ask the victim to get back together and threaten to go to California and raise someone else's child if they don't get back together with them. And these conversations were happening at drop-offs in front of their child. So the victim eventually does agree to do the therapy in hopes that a therapist can see what's going on and to help them manage the situation. And at this point, the abuser has been physically violent with the victim several times in front of their child. And, you know, these two are not together anymore at all. The victim is really just trying to make their life as easy as possible and just to, you know, have schedules and to like know what's going on and have proper communication with their ex, this narcissistic abuser. And in this case, the abuser has actually found a mediator and a therapist, and he wants the victim to have a free consultation with each of these professionals to help figure out which one is a better fit. And this text circular conversation that you are about to hear is about everything that I just mentioned, and this is what follows. Victim. I couldn't get the consultation with Dave the mediator until the 15th, so we will have to wait until then. Hopefully we hear back from Shauna, the therapist, today. Abuser. Okay, I want the same thing that I wanted from the beginning, really. And you asked for the mediator, so... And right here, he's doing this deliberate, confusing statement. And the victim responds, "Uh, What is the same thing you wanted from the beginning? I think these professionals are necessary. Our conversations do not go well and it's not good for either of us or our child as our child often ends up overhearing things they shouldn't. Don't you think it's wise to have professionals to keep these environments safe? The abuser. Yes, but because I think you want the opposite of what I want, I think this is pointless. So 
right here, the abuser is the one that actually wanted this in the first place, and now he's doing this reversal, which makes everything pretty confusing. The victim responds, well, it's been three years of consistent conflict, and there is a child involved. Some type of resolution needs to be reached for all our sakes. And prior to separation, we also had conflicts. We need to have these things looked at, processed, and healed. The abuser. Every relationship has arguments. But okay, you want zero arguments. So here's a minimization. The abuser here tries to make the victim sound controlling. Putting words in their mouth provokes them. The victim responds, that's not what I said. The abuser responds, okay, sorry, what amount of quality of disagreements are you comfortable with? The other reason it's been three years is because you told me to wait for you to heal. So I waited. So this is condescending, and then there's a blame shifting going on here. And the victim responds, that's not true. I told you that we were never getting back together. I explicitly said that you were not to wait around and you were free to date other people. I don't know what amount of quality of disagreements means. That's a weird question. We have circular arguments that ultimately lead you to slinging insults at me and saying things like you would rather raise someone else's child. These kinds of conversations aren't helpful and aren't normal. I think we should stop this conversation and wait until we have a session with the professionals. We are just going to get into a circular argument. And kudos to uh, the victim here of this abuse who knows what's going on, is stating what is going on, and is trying to end this conversation because they know this is going to be turning into a circular argument because it's already starting. The abuser responds, yes, I don't want to trigger your pain. I want to build trust with you, but doing only what you want isn't going to work for me, so I think it's probably pointless. I want you to confront that your trauma happened before I was around, and with it, the avoidance of accountability of the trauma you caused to me. If you can't agree to that during our talk, I'm not having it with you. So here, there's blame shifting going on. He's uh, becoming a victim here. There is uh, a little bit of patronizing going on here, mocking and a little bit of a persona shift starts to happen uh, in this conversation as well, making it uh, confusing and having things start to really go down another rabbit hole starting right about now. So from here, the victim says, can you discuss this in our session? I'm not comfy doing that right now. I prefer a safe environment with professionals. Standing their ground right here knows what's going on. The abuser I know, I know it's the hardest thing ever for you, but that's my world after losing you. So you have condescending here, you have victim playing here, you have blame shifting. You know, they're really trying to bait the, 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 the victim here to provoke them to get into a, a rabbit hole to make this conversation go further. So the victim responds, on January 24th, you asked me to do therapy again. I said, I'd think about it because of triggers. I did think about it and agreed, like you asked. Now you are saying that it was my idea and you are making demands on me before we even begin. If you want to have a session in a safe environment, I am willing to do that. But this convo needs to stop. You either want a session or you don't. I'm not sitting here to get into circular arguments. That's horrible and this goes nowhere. Abuser, I suggested it, 
show me that. This is a form of gaslighting. The victim actually has the screenshot of this. So they show the screenshot text proof. And the abuser goes, okay, I did. You asked me what I wanted yesterday. This is what I want. So the abuser right here does admit to this and then just kind of bulldozes right through it as if it didn't even happen, as if this gaslighting didn't occur, and then kind of goes back to um, playing nice in a way. So they kind of switch it back to, you asked me what I wanted yesterday and this is what I want. You know, they try to now play um, person that might seem like they're meeting you in the middle here. And then the victim replies, I'm trying to figure out if mediation or therapy is a better approach. And the abuser responds, I thought when you said therapist, it meant you wanted to try a relationship again, but you don't. Sorry, but you knew how hard it was for me to spend time together and you still did it anyway. Further crushing my heart. I can't handle the lack of empathy with you and this session will only make it worse. So in this paragraph, you have a victim playing. The abuser here is moving the topic here to the victim and blaming them about a situation that has nothing to do with anything. And at the top of this paragraph, they did bring up the therapist and the actual thing that they are supposed to be talking about, but then it devolves into this other situation so they can focus on this completely different thing. So the victim responds, I gave you the option to come to the event with us. You didn't have to. You came. You have now told me that it's too much for you, so I will not ask again. So right here is what the abuser wanted. The victim in this situation is now addressing a situation that has nothing to do with the initial conversation. And the abuser then follows that up with, I can't help myself, but I want quality time, though. And they're really victim playing here. And the victim then says, that's not my responsibility. Blaming me for your decisions is not fair. You asked for therapy. You brought up therapy. Let's sit down with a professional in a safe environment. If you don't want to do that now, that's your choice. But things can't continue as they are. It's impacting me you and how you talk in front of our child. In front of our child, you said that you met someone in California with a kid and that if I won't be with you, you'd rather go to California and raise that kid instead. If that's how you feel, that's one thing, but don't you say that in front of our child. So right here, the victim is bringing it back as much as they can to the topic at hand to move away from that other situation and in their feelings and bringing it back to the topic. They're standing their, their ground here and doing the best that they can to not go further down into a circular conversation. And the abuser responds, I asked our child if they heard me and they said they didn't. There are no other options for me but to remove myself if you can't come to terms with your abuse of me. And writing it down for me, writing your abuse down for me, is what I think is what is fair. I removed myself this summer, and that was what was best for me and eventually our child. Agree with that at the session, and I'll stop arguing about it now. Simple apology is all it takes for the horrible things that you did to me, the abandonment, procrastinating, neglect, zero effort you put into the relationship. It's not your fault you can't see it, but it happened, and you need to apologize So just do that, and I think I will be able to heal and be the best dad I can possibly be. 
So if this was not maddening, I don't know what is. There's victim playing here. Uh, there's a hostage taking situation going on here. They're really giving this ultimatum to give in to their needs here, uh, to live by their rules here. It's a real big hostage taking with you know the outcome that they are they they are saying. Blame shifting, projection like crazy is going on here. There's just a condescending tone uh, going on throughout this whole entire paragraph that has just happened. And, you know, it really makes your skin crawl uh, reading that and probably listening to that as well. It's just absolutely maddening. And the victim responds here, I agreed to talk with a professional as you asked. I don't want to discuss this anymore. This can be discussed in sessions. If you no longer want to do sessions, that's your choice. But I'm not discussing this without professionals. Perfect answer. The victim here is really standing their ground and trying to not let this go even more circular than it already has. Very good job. And the abuser then responds, I don't even know what to say. I'm so effing devastated by your decision and coldness. So here's a victim playing, gaslighting to provoke like a really gut response in the moment. And I can see someone getting very enraged and having this go down a further rabbit hole uh, from here. But when we talked about different personas earlier, you know, the abuser right now in this situation is trying out this one to see how far they can get with uh, this type of tactic going on before they decide to change their persona again. And the a victim then responds, I don't feel like I'm being cold. I said yes to sessions. These conversations are making me sick to my stomach. The circular arguments, the gaslighting, I can't do it anymore. It's bordering on harassment at this point. And the abuser responds, I cared about you guys so much. So victim playing that is going on here. They want empathy. They're switching their persona right here. They're really switching a tactic to see how the uh, victim will respond here. And the victim then responds with, I think it's worth it to talk with a professional. So they are really standing their ground right here and doing a really good job uh, of doing so. And then the abuser responds, the joy I felt with being with you was so great that it makes me want to die. I can't deal with this pain. You have no idea how painful this is. It's suffering I cannot endure. So they're really playing the victim playing. They're trying to make the other person, make the victim here feel like it was, you know, partly them that was, that is causing this pain. They want this empathy, you know, they want the victim in this case to bite on, on this tactic, going with this empathy style to see if they can continue this, uh, conversation going and to have them agree to what they want to agree to. And the victim then responds, I am so sorry. This is so hard. Is there someone you can reach out to? So right here, the victim does give them a little bit of empathy, but is still holding their ground. They're really doing a very good job of, of you know, not letting this go down way further than it really could have gone. And the abuser then responds, you feel no joy from being in a family? The feeling you get from arguing outweighs that, huh? So I don't want to be anywhere near this family destroying agenda anymore. I don't care that you think splitting up is normal. 
in my world, it's worth the effort to try harder. Our grandparents did it. Religious circles do it. And kids flourish better because of it. The numbers show it. So this is condescending. There's blame shifting going on. It's now a persona switch. There's gaslighting. The persona switch has happened because the other way was not working. They weren't getting what they wanted. And the victim then responds, of course, I feel joy from being in a family. This isn't going anywhere. Can we discuss with the professional? I don't know how to help. So they're standing their ground. And the abuser says, I know how you can help, but you won't do it. The victim responds, can we do it with professionals? The abuser then says, okay, but if I don't get an apology for the abuse I suffered, then I will need to take the steps to remove myself from our child's life for a while, while I recover. We are going to waste a lot of money if you can't understand what an apology is. So again, they're victim playing, a lot of condescending conversation. So the victim in response says, The whole point of getting a professional to help is to come to a mutual understanding. We are currently unable to do that. So the abuser then sends this kind of roll eye or like sigh type of emoji and says, I know it hurts a lot to look at yourself. All related to your past, I know you well. It's time you stop avoiding this. I'm trying to be as kind and as calm as possible. So they're blame shifting here, they're condescending here, they're gaslighting here. And the victim at this point speaks up, the way you're speaking to me isn't okay. So the abuser responds here, if you don't understand it, during the session, I will ask it to get done. And this is a very provoking, uh, confusing statement. Uh, The victim then says, uh, what will you ask to get done? And the abuser then responds, the apology I deserve. It's what kindergartners learn to do when they hurt each other. They apologize and they move on. The victim then responds, now you're being patronizing. The abuser says then, don't make this more difficult. We don't need this right now. Holding on to your pride is going to hurt everyone. Do it for your child. So there's this blame shifting going on. A topic switch has happened. The victim responds, we need a third party involved. They're standing their ground here. The abuser replies, wow, you chose that path again after what I just said. The victim says, if you no longer want to have professionals involved, we'll just cancel it. The abuser, and this is going to be very maddening, says, I'll still do it, but I'm making arrangements to go to California and I won't be coming back. I still want to talk about parenting. I can parent online. However, I will have no free time during my work week until after 7 p.m. So now you have a persona switch. You have a topic switch. You're now, you're a lot of like so many things are going on in here. It's, it's maddening and it's just really confusing because everything is now just, everything's being twisted. Like you have no idea who you're talking to at this point. And the victim responds, it would be helpful to know what is actually going on. And the abuser responds, not sure yet. It depends on you and your behavior. The victim says, what? And in response to that, the abuser says one more thing and says, get your license in a car and I'll think about coming back. And then they sent a picture of a dead moose and they say, show this to our child. And then that was the end of the conversation. And now you have someone who has been physically abusive in the past, 
and they've gone through this whole entire circular conversation and at the end of it they're sending a picture of a dead moose with really zero context to anything as if their child would like to see this picture that's what they're using as an excuse for but it's a threat that is going on and that's how it is left and you're kind of left in devastation here the victim doesn't know what's going on they're afraid nothing has been resolved at all and you know there's just this aftermath and it's been exhausting and you're not just exhausted this person is now also scared they have no idea what this means and 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 a big thank you to uh, the person who sent this in to the friend of the show that sent this in and i hope this was helpful for everyone to hear um, I hope, uh, you know, all the things that I pointed out were, were very helpful. If this is happening to you, if you're involved in these circular conversations that you can now recognize them and just, um, you know, I, I hope everyone is, is staying safe out there and a, a really big thank you to the, to the friend of the show who sent this in, cause this was a great example of a circular conversation, but also a really good example of someone who was, you know, learned a lot from the past circular conversations and is, is standing their ground and did a very good job of it and, and to end this as, as quickly as possible by standing their, their ground. So I hope you uh, learned a lot from this episode. And if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. There you can read all of our instructions and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And please do send it in the format that we ask for. Also at our website, we have a support group. So if you need support, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, press that support group button. There you'll find our safe social network. In it, you'll see that we have Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, Thursday afternoons, and Saturday nights. We have forum boards for you to post on to get the validation that you need to ask questions to other survivors. It's a great group of people on there. Everyone is supporting each other on there. So if you need validation and support, please do join our support group today. And if you need even more support, please do visit our friends at domesticshelters.org. At domesticshelters.org, they have articles and resources to help you make sense of what you are going through. They have every phone number, every email address, and every website address for shelters and agencies. No matter how big or small your town is, domesticshelters.org has it there. They are a wonderful free resource, so visit them today. So that is it for our show today. Thank you for for joining us. I hope you learned a lot from this episode and I hope you have a good night.